welcome to the Redeemer Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead, and I'm your host. I'm also the student and outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church, and it is a joy um, in this holiday season or Christmas season to continue our series through Theology 101. And so we've been going through the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which basically summarizes the basic doctrines of the Christian faith. You know, and when we read Scripture— um, God is revealing himself to man, and he's revealing things about himself, about his plan of salvation, about man, about um, the means by which he saves us. By he, he reveals what is to come, what is to happen, and promises. Um, and sometimes it is in uh, we we see these things revealed in the form of a narrative in a in a in an epistle or in in the Psalms, which are more poetic in nature. And when we read Scripture, it doesn't say uh, give us solid statements of answering what is faith. Faith actually. Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, I guess, does are, what is the definition of repentance? And then the Bible tells us, um, but rather, uh, using the Hebrew and Greek, we could come to an understanding what of what these topics, what these words, these theological concepts, these doctrines are. And the Westminster Shorter Catechism, or any systematic theologian, what they're trying to do is to, um, in, in a way, draw out from the text, from Scripture, what the Bible exactly teaches. And in the Reformed tradition, um, in the 1600s, the Puritans used questions and answers in order to teach children or people in their church those basic doctrines. And so we've been walking through questions regarding the purpose of life, regarding how we know what our purpose of life is. It's the Word of God. Um, What the state of mankind is in, uh, what happened, did God create us this way, how did God create us, you know, our, how is it that we receive salvation, all of these things, and we just finished an exposition of the moral law expressed in the Ten Commandments, and now we are in the section on the ordinary means of grace, the ordinary means of grace. Let me just uh, recap you with a question. Question 88 says, what are the outward and ordinary means by which Christ gives us gives to us the benefits of redemption? The answer, the outward and ordinary means by which Christ gives to us the benefits of redemption are his ordinances, especially the word, his sacraments, and prayer. All of these are made effective in salvation of the elect. And so God has equipped the Christian and the church, really, with means by which he communicates, God communicates his grace to us. Um, and so, and, and these things are specific in nature. God has given us his word, and in his word, he communicates his grace in the person of Jesus Christ. We wouldn't know anything about Jesus Christ if it wasn't in his word. And so when we read his word, God is communicating to us, and the Holy Spirit then takes the word and applies it to our heart, thus making it effectual unto salvation that those who hear the word of God and believe in their heart because of the Holy Spirit um, are saved. Um, The ordinances, baptism or the sacraments is what the Presbyterian Reformed Church calls it, Uh, Baptists call it ordinances, but the sacraments or the ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper, are visible representations of the gospel. They 
show us. They, uh, they, they point, they show us the meaning behind who we are in Christ in the gospel. In and of themselves, when we take the bread and the cup, there's no power in the bread or the cup of wine or juice. There's no power in the water of baptism to save, but those things are like signs, right? When you see a sign that says dead end, the sign is not the dead end, but the sign is pointing to the actual dead end, right? And so when we see baptism, when we see the Lord's Supper, those are signs that are pointing to the person and work of Jesus Christ. And those means by which God has given us communicates God's grace to us. Because when we come to understand what baptism and the Lord's Supper mean, then um, God, through that, communicates to us who we are in Christ, the benefits of redemption. And so that's the whole concept. And then prayer. And so the last episode, we looked at the Word and how the Word is made effectual um, unto us through the preaching of God's Word. And now in this section, we're going to enter into a discussion on baptism and the Lord's Supper. But I'm going to pull a fast one on you. Um, because I should have planned this a lot better. We started off with the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It's standard. It is It is a classic. But um, just for some historical background, the Westminster Shorter Catechism belongs to what is called the Westminster Standards. And the Westminster Standards contain of three documents. First, the Westminster Confession of Faith. Second, the Westminster Larger Catechism and the Westminster Shorter Catechism. So, the problem that I've run into is that at Redeemer Church, we do not align with everything um, in the Westminster Standards and in the Shorter Catechism specifically. Probably the most specific example of this, and only example I could think of, is the fact that this is a Presbyterian Reformed um, Catechism. They practice and believe in infant baptism. Now, I'm not going to get into this. This is different. If you grew up Roman Catholic, this is different than the Roman Catholic Church. So we're not going to create straw man arguments and say uh, Presbyterians, uh, conservative, reformed Presbyterians, are uh, practice works uh, uh, salvation by works because they believe that if you get baptized as an infant, you'll be saved. No, that's not that's not their teaching at all. And uh, in fact, as we've been work- working through this catechism, some of you have been f- listening to this series, and you're probably shocked to hear, wow, like this doctrine, these th- these conservative Presbyterian, Reformed Presbyterians, they have awesome, sound doctrine, but they are wrong on baptism. <laughs> and I, as a staunch Baptist, I will say that, as a Reformed Baptist. And so what I'm going to do, um, a few years after the Westminster Standards were um, created, a group of Reformed Particular Baptists is what they are called, um, formed their own confession of faith called the 1689 Baptist Confession of faith, and with that came the Baptist Catechism, and these this the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith is identical, um, pretty much identical to the Westminster Confession of Faith, but the thing that they differ on is um, one their view of the covenants, which is very nuanced. I'm not going to get into, and thus baptism. So. We are going to leave. I, I forget what. No, I think we were on. We just finished question uh, questions eighty nine through ninety 
on the means of grace. And the Baptist Catechism says the same exact thing. Um, and so, but we're going to continue on with the Baptist Catechism, starting in question 98. So there's a few more questions here in the Baptist Catechism, but it flows right with the logical argument of what the uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism is trying to communicate. Remember, we're talking about the means of grace. So we learn about the Word and how the Word is um, an effectual means of grace. I'll even read question 97 of the Baptist Catechism. It says, How is the Word to be read and heard that it may become effective for salvation? The answer, that the Word may become effective for salvation, we must attend to it with diligence, preparation, and prayer, Receive it in faith and love, and lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives. Now that is that is almost identical. Let me read to you the Westminster Shorter Catechism, uh, the same exact question. It says, how is the word to be read and heard that it may become effective to salvation? The answer, we must attend the word with diligence, preparation, and prayer, receive it with faith and love, and lay it up, lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives so that it may become effective to salvation. <laughs> pretty much the same exact thing. And so what the Baptists are trying to say is, look, we we belong to this Reformed tradition, um, but we do not agree on what we're about to get into. And so we're going to talk about, I'm going to do two, I think I'm going to just do the next two questions, question 98 and 99, and then... Um, and then the next episode, we'll get specifically into baptism, okay? So question 98. Um, remember, we're talking about the means of grace. First was the word, and now is the ordinances. Um, I'll, even re- I'll read what the Baptist Catechism has to say um, on that, on question um, 95. What are the outward and ordinary means by which Christ communicates to us the benefits of his redemption? Answer. The outward and ordinary means by which Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption are his ordinances, especially the word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer, all of which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. So, question 98. How do baptism and the Lord's Supper become effective means of salvation? How do baptism and the Lord's Supper become effective means of salvation? Answer. Baptism and the Lord's Supper become effective means of salvation, not from any virtue in them or in him, the pastor, that administers them, but only by the blessing of Christ and the working of his Spirit in those who by faith receive them. So, baptism and the Lord's Supper are effective means of salvation. They communicate grace to us when understood and when received by faith. But they are not effective means of salvation because of like the water that is used. There's nothing special about the water in baptism. There's nothing nothing special about the sourdough bread that you're using or the wine or whatever juice you're using, or it doesn't matter who is administering it. And so this is kind of an attack on the um on the Roman Catholic Church that would put so much, they, w- they would say that the priest and mass, they would turn that into a, another sacrifice that um, uh, of Christ's body that if you do the, those things, so like baptism in the Roman Catholic Church, baptism, infant baptism, is the first step of justification. You don't have baptism, you don't have justification. 
This is why when babies are born, parents are very adamant in the Roman Catholic tradition to baptize their babies. Because if they die, and if they were to die, like back in Martin Luther's day in the 1500s, um, then they would have the seal of justification and they would have been fine. And so, and then in the Lord's Supper in the Roman Catholic Church or Mass, they the Roman Catholics believe that when they take the blood, or sorry, when they take the wine and the bread, um, they that that uh, turns into the actual body and blood of Christ, thus making it effectual to salvation. And so if you're banned from Mass, you're pretty much condemned by the Church. And so what this catechism is saying, Baptist Catechism, question 98, is that um, baptism and Lord's Supper uh, are means of salvation not by any virtue in them or in Him that administers them, but only by the blessing of Christ and the working of his spirit in those who by faith, that's a key right there, by faith receive them. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, um, so this goes to um, who really gives the growth or salvation. Paul says, I planted, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. See, it's God who blesses these things. So neither it is he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of the Spirit. So that is how baptism and the Lord's Supper are an effective means. Now, question 99, how do baptism and the Lord's Supper differ from the other ordinances of God? Um, answer, baptism and the Lord's Supper differ from the other ordinances of God in that they were specially instituted by Christ to represent and to and apply to believers the benefits of the new covenant by invi- by visible and outward signs. Baptism and the Lord's Supper differ from other ordinances of God in that they were specially instituted by Christ to represent and apply to believers the benefits of the new covenant or the covenant of grace by visible and outward signs. So Acts 22.16 says, And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Matthew 26, 20, uh, 26-28. Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after he blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it all. Um, sorry, let me continue. Drink of it all. Uh, drink of it, all of you, for this is my this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And so we see that the Lord's Supper in Romans six four. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So what? separates baptism and the Lord's Supper from any other thing, um, any other ordinance, um, is that Jesus Christ instituted them himself to be the signs of the covenant of grace in the new covenant. So what's a sign? What's a sign of, of, of a covenant? So there's multiple covenants throughout scripture, the covenant of life or the covenant of works, the sign, um, 
of that covenant was the tree of life, which signified to Adam that if he obeyed, that if he passed the test, there would be eternal life. Adam failed. The sign of the new of, of the Noahic covenant after the flood was a rainbow, which uh, signified, which pointed to the promise that he, God will never flood the earth. Um, the Mosaic covenant, um, the sign of the Mosaic covenant was the Passover, which pointed to uh, the Passover when, when the angel of death passed over the houses of the Jews who had the blood on their doorposts, and so they celebrated the Passover every single year, which ultimately pointed to Jesus, right? Um, and so we see all these signs of the covenant, the sign of the of the Abrahamic covenant, I, I skipped over that, was circumcision. Those who belonged to, to God's covenant people were circumcised. And so then we get all the way to the new covenant, and the sign uh, to those who are in the new covenant is baptism and the Lord's Supper. So what is baptism? Well, that's question 100, and this segment, this this uh, podcast has already gone too long, so you're going to have to join me next week as we continue through the Baptist Catechism. Uh, if you want more information or, or if you're curious about the historical debate uh, between infant baptism and and believers' baptism, I would highly recommend a debate between Dr. John MacArthur and Dr. R.C. Sproul that might be on YouTube. Um, it's definitely on Ligonier.org uh, uh, or Ligonier.com. I forget which one it is, but it's a free—you can listen to it. It's a great debate. Dr. R.C. Sproul does an awesome job. He's he's defending the infant, bapti- baptist, uh, infant baptism position, and then John MacArthur he does a phenomenal job as well uh, defending believer's baptism. There's also debates on YouTube with Dr. James White. Just put Dr. James White uh, debate on baptism— and uh, Dr. James White is a Reformed Baptist, and he is an apologist, does an awesome job defending the doctrine of believer's baptism, which I believe to be most consistent with um, the Word of God. So, And so does Redeemer Church. Anyways, if you want more information about our church, uh, go to RedeemerRockford.Church. We'd love to see you on a Sunday if you're a student on a Wednesday night or a college student on a Thursday. Um, but thank you so much for listening to this. I hope that it was enjoyable, and I hope I wasn't too confusing. But if you have questions, you could always email me. Um, JT at, uh, JTS at RedeemerRockford.Church, and I'll get back to you with any questions you have. But thanks so much for listening, and have a great uh, rest of your day.